guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So today I want to get into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This might be one of the most marked chapters that I have in the New Testament. Some wonderful, relevant things here. So as I start here, I want to show you this picture right here. So if you're listening to this on our podcast, you may want to go check out the video here. This is a stone that President David O. McKay years ago, this was back in the late 1890s, he was serving a mission in Scotland and he was struggling with missionary work out there. So he was just kind of out sightseeing. He's like, well, if I'm not having missionary work going on, great, then I'm just going to be a tourist and I'm going to look around. And he saw this particular stone right here. And at the top of it, it says, whate'er thou art, act well thy part. Many of you are familiar with this. It's a wonderful thing. And on each one of these stones, there's nine stones here. And what they've got here is they've got things that represent certain numbers. Like in the top corner, you've got a hand. So that is a five. Then you've got an X, Roman numeral 10. Then you have a three-sided triangle, which is a three. Then you've got a four. You can kind of follow that same pattern, a six and an eight. And then on the last row, you have a nine, a two, and then you got a seven. So what happens is in whatever direction you add this up, it is going to add up to 18. This is kind of a mathematical thing. It's kind of cool. You can go diagonal, you can go side, you can go whatever you want. It's always going to add up to 18. So my question is this, what happens if a five doesn't act like a five, but starts acting like a two, right? Now, what that can do, as you can see here, it throws off the entire groove of what this whole thing is. Now, David O. McKay, when he did this, he just thought, I'm not here as a tourist. I'm here as a missionary. So I am going to act well the part of being a missionary rather than being a tourist. And what happens is it changes his whole mission and he gets his purpose right and he's able to go out there and serve wonderfully. So with that in mind, I want to take you over to chapter 12, okay? Now in the Come Follow Me for this week, it says spiritual gifts are given to benefit all of Heavenly Father's children. Now also remembering every single person does not have the same gift. Those gifts are spread out. The list of spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 13, we'll talk about 13 tomorrow, is not exhaustive, but it is a good place to start as you identify and ponder the spiritual gifts Heavenly Father has given you. The article, Spiritual Gifts and Gospel Topics, may help you understand these gifts better. It's a wonderful article. Totally recommend reading it. As you read Paul's list of gifts, you might add some you've noticed in others, in yourself or in people in the scriptures. If you have a patriarchal blessing, it may mention some of your spiritual gifts. How do these gifts help you bless others? Consider how you can seek earnestly the best gifts. So as you go through about first 10 or 11 verses or so, you see all kinds of different gifts that are given right here. And again, not every gift is given to every person. It's spread out to different individuals, which leads to the rest of the chapter. Now, Paul goes through and he talks about the church being the body of Christ. Now, again, back to what David O. McKay saw in here, whate'er thou art, act well thy part. But it doesn't mean every single person has to act exactly the same way. There is a blessing in diversity. Like, for example, you go to verse 14 of chapter 12. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where are the smelling? It's like taking a little Mr. Potato Head and just shoving eyes everywhere on it. It's going to look freaky. And again, it's not going to serve its purpose at all. So every person is 
is different and that difference is going to bless people's lives. What would happen if all of a sudden we're just constantly like, oh, I'm not like brother so-and-so or I'm not like sister so-and-so. I don't have that gift of him. I don't have that particular gift. Yeah, that's not what this is all about. We are all together for different purposes. Verse 18, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? And now are they many members yet but one body? And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. I love that. And verses 23 to 25, I think are so relevant today. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon those we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. And this idea of more abundant comeliness, I, I have a little note here in my scriptures. When you sprain your ankle, you don't cut it off. You give it boundaries and you nurse it back to health. You give it more attention. Verse 24, but our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. And that there should be no schism or division. If you remember that one of the struggles of Corinthians was divisions and contentions, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. For whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So it's this idea of making sure that everybody, every part of the ward, the family, the class, whatever it is, feels like that they are a part. And the reason why they should feel that way is because they are. Now I remember seeing a couple years ago, Sister Carol F. McConkie, who used to be in the General Young Women's Presidency. She shared a beautiful message that I think embodies what chapter 12 is all about. So go ahead and watch this right here. It is so important that we understand, first of all, that everyone's in a different place along the path and that we develop an awareness of the people that are around us. I know people who come to church every Sunday so that they can be inspired and uplifted and who just simply walk away feeling judged and unloved, unneeded, like there is no place for them at church. We need to do this differently. We need to be deeply aware of what the purpose of coming to church on Sunday is and make sure that everyone who comes feels loved, needed, accepted, and lifted. Everybody has struggles we don't even know about. And it's so important that we be aware that everyone around us is loved of God and that we need to see them through Christ-like eyes. And we cannot allow judgment to dictate the way we interact with people. It's just simply not right. I feel that the Lord places us where we are and um, connects us with the people around us for a purpose. Because it's not only about our own progression, but about helping others progress. And I've come to recognize that we are placed where we are so that we can love and lift others. We just cannot be, or even call ourselves a disciple of Christ, if we are not helping others along that path. The gospel of Jesus Christ does not marginalize people. People marginalize people. And we have to fix that. We need to be sensitive 
and love them and allow them the opportunity to grow and to blossom and to be their best selves. They have talents and abilities and personality that is needed in the kingdom of God. And if we're going to build the kingdom of God on the earth, we need everyone to come, to come and do their part. And we need to recognize that. When anyone's shadow darkens the door of a chapel, they ought to feel immediately embraced and loved and lifted and inspired to, when they walk out that door to go and be better because they know the Lord loves them and because they have friends in their faith. I love that message right there. Uh, it also reminds me, uh, Sister Sharon Eubanks, some of you remember this talk from 2020. It's called By Union of Feeling, We Obtain Power with God. I would absolutely recommend this talk as you're studying in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. She talked about how, again, in a world that's struggling with unity, particularly back in 2020 when we were struggling with so many particular things, she said this, and I thought this was awesome. She said, we may not yet be where we want to be, and we are not now where we will be. I believe the change we seek in ourselves and in the groups we belong to will come less by activism and more by actively trying every day to understand one another. And so again, this idea of just making sure you understand who you are, what your part is, and how to act well that part, and how you fit into that larger group, and that is what starts creating unity. I love that, and I love what Paul is trying to teach her in this chapter to the Corinthian saints. And again, I believe it is absolutely relevant to you and I today in whatever group that we are involved with. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at BombSocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.